Hello and welcome to the Mal and Johnny Show. This week, Johnny and I thought we'd talk about recording studios. Now, I'm in my garden shed and I do a lot of my recording here. But in the old days, you had to go to the big recording studio. And you went to some of the biggest ones, what, in the world at the time, Johnny, didn't you? I suppose I did. I went to the one in, in Stockport. Um, what was that called? Strawberry. Strawberry was yeah, was, was ten cc. Oh my record goodness then. me! So how, but it, it, yeah. I'm talking about the late sixties. I was I was doing a tour of a show called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Right, right. right. And we're in Stockport for a week, or in Manchester for a week. And um, I got a phone call from my agent, and he wanted me to do a recording of some impressions I used to do for a, a radio program right. as like an audition. See, so I got. Derek knew our MD at the theatre. I said, you know, fancy playing for me? He said, all right. And we went and recorded it in that studio. And it wasn't until after I found out it was this fabulous studio oh, where they yeah. did 10cc. Yeah, because, I mean, Graham Goulman and all that, and those boys are writing, you know, hit songs throughout the 60s. Manchester, obviously, the Manchester, Manchester Beat or whatever it goes, the Manchester that, Scenes. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. Wasn't it? So yeah. that studio grew of all the places, in, in Stockport. It, it's In Stockport, yeah. Do you remember what it was first... like? You know, was well, it? not really. It was just it, I was there like a couple of hours. That was it. Yeah. And I, I did something in uh, in Rockfield as well. Oh. In 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 because um, everybody went there. Queen, you know. But I'm, I'm talking the early days. They just started. But it was it Davy Edmund started that. It, well, it was the Kings uh, Kings and Ch- Charles and Kingsley Ward. Uh, well, sadly, one of them has passed away now. They were legendary characters because they just had a farm, didn't they? They had a That's farm. That's a farm. Yes, right. Yeah, it was a farm. And they built built a studio. And it became yeah. world class, you know. And the thing is, once you get a couple of hits out of a place, you know, because Queen went yeah. there and recorded the, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and all that. In fact, if you if you see the film, uh, which, which is that called Bohemian Rhapsody? Anyway, you know, the, the Queen yeah, yeah. sort of biopic, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so much of it is done in Rockfield. And it was wow. just a splishy, splishy, splashy fire. So I, I recorded there a little bit and I remember going to see the piano. That they, yeah. they all, you know, because everywhere you go has always got the piano that did this or did that. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And they always said, this is the piano that Freddie Mercury... Well, I'll tell you a funny story, right? The first time I ever recorded anything. I just finished this funny tour I told you about. Yeah. A funny thing I looked for. And I'm back in Cardiff and I was living with my parents in Port Talbot at the time, sorry. And... Um, I get a phone call from my old dancing teacher. Right. And she said, oh, they, they, there's a woman called Ruth Price. She's a producer at the BBC, and she's heard some of your recordings. And what happened was, the guy that was ASM in the show with me, he was a bit of a writer, and he'd written some lyrics. Right. So my old man, being a musician, he said, well, we put some music to this. So we did, and we, uh, we came up with about four songs. Anyhow, there was a little blogging card called George Charland, <laughs> and he used to be the... Um, the stills photographer for TWW. Right, right, right. And he had a little recording studio in Canton. <laughs> it was only a little bum and tip thing, like four track or whatever it was, you yeah, know. Yeah. And I went in there and we recorded these songs that we'd written and we forgot all about them. <laughs> and I get this call then and I got 12 programmes out of this, this these recordings because they liked them. Wow. They translated them into Welsh because it was a Welsh programme. Yeah. Could you sing in Welsh? I said, yeah. yeah. I said, I can't understand it, but I was singing it. So that's what I did. That was my first one. Isn't that then, of course, as I told you, I went to Rockfield, um, did something in Rockfield. And then I went to London and I got a, a recording contract with uh, Eddie Kastner. Right. Because what happened was, Dorothy Squires, who I was very friendly with, you know, I told you about mm. her before, and I used to live in a house when I was in London and so on. She was making some demos of songs she'd written in Decca Studios. Right. So I think it's, it was, I don't know where they were, Eddie. Was it, um, oh, was it? Swiss Cottage, it was somewhere, I can't remember what it was now, it was a big studio. So I go in and there's me and there's Dorothy and there's a group called Los Afiros. 
And we all sang her songs, right? It was for her to promote those songs. Yeah. So anyway, uh, long story short, she goes off to America. I'm left in the house on my own. And a phone call comes from somebody I knew called Tony Saxon. He said, John, you got any, any demos? He said, I said, what for? He said, well, Eddie Casson's looking for a male singer. That very morning, a package had come through the door with the stuff we'd done for Dorothy, and it was a 36-piece orchestra on it. So I said, oh, I got this demo. Yeah, got I got a little, yeah, little demo. <laughs> so I took it in. Didn't like the song, he said, but he liked me, and he signed me up. Isn't that amazing? So then I recorded in Kasner's studio, right. right, which was in off Tottenham Court Road, I think, when I had the contract with Kasner. Anyway, I left Kasner because what happened was I did opportunity knocks, and he wasn't doing anything for me, Kasner. He... He said he would, but he didn't do much. I, I did about two two titles for him, and that was it. So then Southern Music saw me, and they had a, they had a label called Spark Records. Right. So I signed with them, okay? And they had a, an eight-track studio down underneath Southern Music, which was in um, Tin Pan Alley in Denmark, Denmark Street. Street. Yeah. So um, and the, 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 the producer who did my – or the, the guy that did the record was Bill Shepard. He used to be the Bee Gees <laughs> bloke. Right, so this is all like new to me. So we did it in bits, and it's the only time, first time I did that because it was like a small studio. So it was the it was a quartet first, the rhythm section. Then they brought in the girl backing singers. Then they brought in the the uh, the strings. Then the, then the then the brass. Then me, and that's how we did it. Wow. And then the last one I did was in Lansdowne Studios, oh, that's big. which is the big one when I won. Um, the, the Gibraltar Festival, that was a 32-track. And in the time, it was the only 32-track around there. Yeah, that was, probably digi- that, that was digital by then, wasn't it? It was digital as well. So, I mean, that, those are I don't enormous know. studios big. with like, big desks. Or, or huge. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they do with all these, all these switches. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? You must have done a few. Yeah, well, no, I've been very blessed, as, as Ken Dodd would say. Because um, there were a couple of little studios in Swansea. In fact, one of them was the BBC studio in Alexandra Road, which I think oh, at that stage yeah. was owned by Sparrow. And I, I think, like, Max might have recorded there and Mary Hopkin, you know, before she got famous. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I never recorded there until much, much later. Um, so, obviously, I sent the tape to John Peel. He asked me up to go to London. So the first session I did was in Egham One, I think it was called, which was, ju- you know, you, so you go into the BBC, the big BBC building, it's just around the corner. Well, it's it's not a recording studio anymore. I think it is, uh, I think it's probably, you know, radio studios now, Egham House. Yeah. Um, and I just remember, you know, gra- you know, a grand piano, Steinway grand piano. And, yeah. you know, my grandmother had been a wonderful, well, was a wonderful musician. She'd never played a piano like that. I was, you know, th- well, 12... I was 12 years old at the time, and I was sat in front of this grand piano, and I'm thinking, I don't deserve this. I couldn't I couldn't actually play it at the end of the day. I couldn't keep in time. Um, so, But anyway, so I played all my songs to guitar. And then, when, yeah. So when I got the recording deal, they, they said, right, we'll book a studio in, with Rocket Records. They said, uh, let, we'll book a studio in Swansea. Well, they couldn't find one at the time. No. They couldn't find, so the guy, Steve Brown, brought down a Revox. Do you remember a Revox? That was a big, yeah, you know, big yeah, yeah. reel-to-reel tape recorder, a couple of microphones. And... Um, we went to my dad. My dad was a headmaster of a school in Cumbulla, and we set up in one of the classrooms because that was the quietest place we could find. So that was that. And then we went to Mayfest. Mayfest Studio was my first studio. Now, I've tried to go back and find it, but it's not a studio anymore. But it was on, it was like on so many different levels. So, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 the control room down here, then you go upstairs, and I think there were three floors, and the glitter band used to record there. And it was, it was, it was like one of these 70s, you know, popular, yeah, yeah. popular, popular studios. I think Buck's <coughs> Fizz recorded there as, as well. But I just remember this. I couldn't play the piano, okay? So I, I wrote the songs on the piano, but when it came down to it, even though they wanted me yeah. to play the piano, I wasn't 
technically adept enough. I could play along with them, but I couldn't play in time and all that. Some, yeah, yeah. some of my musician friends are still, still I, some of my musician friends will say I still can't. Um, so they got this, <laughs> they got this guy. They give this guy a call, and he and he was a really nice guy, long hair, very skinny, leather jacket, yeah. nice leather jacket. And my dad was there with me, and he's, he's this guy needs something to eat. He looks, you know, he looks right. half starved. And it turns out his name was Nicky Hopkins, and he played on all the all the sort of um, Rolling Stones records, all those big oh, Rolling wow. Stones records on the piano. So there was that, and. Where else? Oh, uh, Abbey Road with Elton John, which was yeah, which yeah. was wonderful because as you, you know, I was only there once. I, I I never recorded it, obviously, but I went when Dorothy was making her last album. Wow. She wanted me to go, and I was sitting there listening to it with this bloody wonderful orchestra. And, and the, if I remember, that, the 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 uh, the box was right up high, wasn't it? Yes, and then you had to come it's down these big, big steps down to down to into the into the big room. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's right. Yeah, oh, and you can feel it, can't you? Know because they got all the pictures on the well. I'm not sure. Were the Beatles? Had the Beatles had their hits by then? With Dorothy, yes, yes. So all, you know, all those pic- 70s, yeah. all those pictures are on the wall, and you just feel as if you're touching history. Um, did but- you ever do any stuff at, uh, for the BBC? I did one in Aeolian Hall. That no. was in Bond Street, I think. Right. I, th- that was a studio, a, a radio studio. Right. And um, I did a, a show with uh, Jeff Love's Orchestra. Right. So the, so the producer Brian would defend him, and he said, "Have you got any big orchestrations?" What I got. Got big parts is it because I've obviously been touring mm. with Dorothy about twenty thirty piece orchestra. Mm. He said, "Oh no, he's got a sixty piece <laughs> orchestra." He said, "Give me the parts, we'll augment them." Right. Wow. So I went in and there was him, very nice bloke, Jeff Love, mm. and um, Anne Shelton. Do you remember her? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was me and Anne Shelton and the orchestra. And we did some of the in Aylwin Hall in, in Bond Street. And then uh, what was that other one? I did some stuff. Made of Ale is a big made studio. Made of Ale. That's legendary I, now, isn't it? Because even all the young kids want to go to Made of Ale now because they do all those live lounges. I think from the Made of Ale. That's right. And it was Johnny Arthy who was the conductor. I remember he was a lovely bloke. Mm. And I did some stuff. They stuck it on through till two. And then I used to go to Manchester to do um, uh, work with the uh, what was it? The Northern Dance Orchestra. Right. And they had a studio up yeah. there, but it was an old theatre. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They used to record stuff in. But it was so not, no, 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 yeah, no, no audience, just a studio, is it? Even though just, a studio, just a studio, yeah, just a studio. Yeah. yeah, no, it, yeah. and they do have an atmosphere about them. You know, you walk, you walk in, then you can, you know, you can. You, it, it, there's definitely magic in some of these places. I, I, oh yeah. I recorded once in a, a place called Ridge Farm. Now this is one of the. It's a bit like Rockfield. This was near Dorking in Surrey. Right. And and it's like you, you know it's residential, so it's a lo- yeah. it's a lovely old farmhouse, you know. And then the dinner table converts into a billiard table in the night. And you you know they'll you, you get up, they cook you breakfast, they bring you sandwich. I mean it's just like wonderful. Yeah. And then the studio was in a barn. And then when you got bored, you went and play tennis and go into the swimming pool. And, and yeah, know, so that was yeah. that was wonderful. Where else? Oh, going to going to Prague last. Well, I was going to say last year, but it's three years ago now, is it? When I went to Prague, to this place called Schmecky Studios. And that's really, right. really old school because I think Albert Einstein had recorded there originally, you know, when, when he, cause he played violin. And then yeah. they, when the communists took over, they used to do their communist broadcast. And then it's turned into a, like a film studio now because someone like Prague has got three or four symphony orchestras. So mm. there's lots of great musicians around and it's relatively cheap. It's, you know, yeah, yeah. Compared, yeah. compared with, you know, recording at Abbey Road. But the studios themselves are just. You know, but they used to do it all on great big tape, didn't they? Yeah. I got, I've still got them. I've still got them in my house. I can never play them anymore. No. I haven't got the machines. No. I got them. I got the masters, you know, they're like this wide. And, they, and they yeah. cut, you know, those, those tapes used to cost, I don't know, £100 a reel and you get 20 minutes. 
That's you, right, yeah. You know, yeah. But like, the, I couldn't, I could never get over the guys, the little guys who were like the technicians. They were unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, hang on, I'll take, a, I'll take a quarter of the bar out there. He's doing, <laughs> I mean, they could do it. Yeah. And they used to do it with a blinking razor blade. And, and they'd rock him back and forth. Oh yeah, they were, they were, the they were geniuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had ears on them. They could hear everything. You know, well, that yeah. was slightly sharp. That was boys. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> amazing. Um, oh no. Well, look, a recording studio. And then the thing is now, I mean, and it is interesting because. You know, so much of the stuff now you can record in your bedroom. Uh, you you know, because yeah. the gear is so reasonable. It's not none of it's cheap, but it's reasonable. No. You know, you record now not onto a tape, which costs hundreds of pounds a reel these days. If you want to, because some Straight people, onto a, yeah, onto a, a, onto, a, onto a hard drive. You know, because some people yeah. still love that the, the sound of tape. You know, yeah, analog yeah. sound where it, it gets. It's like they're going back to vinyl, aren't they? A lot of people they buy vinyls as well. Exactly. So it's like you know, there is there's a there's a market for it, but. You know, if you buy a hard drive and you can record, you know, hundreds of hours of all sorts of music. And, uh, yeah. you know, and then every, you know, whereas you used to, have, you know, bring a piano in, you know, you'd, <laughs> you'd you got a sample. But then the atmosphere, as you say, in, in the studio, do you remember? There was a, a, a double act called Sue and Sonny. They had hit record, actually. Right. It's called Doctor's Orders. Right. But they used they used to be backing singers because they could read music, right. and they they did all the sessions. You know, well, they'd come in and they yeah. oh they got the music and off they go. You know, yeah. And and there was a woman called Maggie Stredder. Do you remember Maggie Stredder? No, she was the one with the well. You, this girl was like everybody knew Maggie Stredder. She was the part of the Vernon's girls. Oh, okay. and she's the one with the glasses. She right. was a very pretty one with glasses. But they used to do all the sessions. So she'd turn up to do the sessions. She had loads of money because she was always working. Yeah. And she'd turn up in a knee type jack. She had more than the, the bloke who was making the record. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's interesting, you know, because obviously when you used to do the sessions, you, there'd be lots of people who would read, you know, yes. read, read out stuff. And um, so by the time I was making my records, it was much more you'd get musicians in who the producer knew who would. You know, you played them the song, and then they they'd come up with something. So yeah, it wasn't yeah, an yeah. arranger, and everybody plays what the arranger said. They'd make the arrangement up, you know. And but so, that's how the Americans did it. Yeah, was it the, the Americans? Apparently, in in um, uh, where's the famous place? Oh, Nashville. Um, Nashville. Nashville. That's what they do there. Apparently, yeah. they just get these guys in who are fantastic, yeah. and they just do, and they experiment. You yeah, know? yeah. But when I was our guys, they'd be sitting there reading the Echo, <laughs> and then you go, okay, um, letter D, boys, okay, they just. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I remember. Actually, I remember Elton John saying that because they used to have mic up these the orchestra in in Abbey yeah. Road, and you know they would be fantastic players. The you know symphony, you know London Symphony, all that. Then they'd have yeah. all these microphones, and then in between times, he'd he'd get the engineer to put the microphone up to see what they were talking about, and they were talking yeah. about the football, as you say, they're reading the papers. Oh yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, let it be. Here we go. Uh, the one guy I used to, uh, well, I, I was very lucky to work under a guy called Gus Dudgeon, who produced Elton and he produced David Bowie and all yeah. sorts of people. Um, but what he used to do, it, it wasn't so much about the notes. He used to just create an atmosphere in the studio where yeah. was, we'd be t they'd be telling stories, you know, for like a, an hour or so, you know. It's like expensive. Yeah. It's on my bill, but don't worry, help yourself. And, um, you know, so they'd be they'd be telling stories and then everyone would be in a good place. Okay, let's go and just do the record now. Let's go and, let's go and yeah. make the, do the take, you know. And it was it was always about creating an atmosphere in the studio. Yeah, yeah. That would be creative. So, no, i got, I got to tell you, say, the, these arrangers, the one that, that did my record, that I, the Gibraltar one, he was called Arthur Greenslade. Right. And I've still got his scores. And he was, you know, he was a big arranger because all the scores had his 
monograms on it, yeah. Arthur Greensleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that fantastic? And what a uh, what an amazing skill. And obviously there are, you know, that, that skill is still there with so many great musicians. Because you know, How the hell they do that when they can, yeah. they can they, all the music, because they're all in different keys, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, if it's concert, it's the piano. Yeah. It's B flat for the trumpet, and they're all in different keys. Yeah. But they can hear it. That's amazing. And they can put it how they can hear it. I don't know. Just write it down. Yeah. You know what? Fantastic. Do you remember Alan, Alan Williams, the, the BBC announcer? Yeah, yeah, I know Alan, yeah. Alan used to say, if you've got the right key, you can play in any flat. That's right. <laughs> he, was, he was involved with my old man in um, Welsh Rabbit, was that? Of course. Of course, yeah, oh. yeah, and you know the it, well. The, the sad thing is, some of the biggest television studios and re, you know recording studios were at I, ITV or Calvary's Cross, as it was. There were massive yeah, yeah, TV yeah. studios there and recording studios, and and uh, the BBC and Landaff, you know, that's right. C two, just up in that studio in the in the big room. It was like a concert hall. Yeah, gorgeous, 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 and it's and it's it's a pile of rubble. They're all there. gone. It's a pile of rubble, you know. And the other, it's one, terrible. You know, yeah. I don't know if it's better. I don't. You lost that camaraderie because you were all together when you yeah. making the record. Yeah, making the record. It wasn't bits and pieces. Should come in and put your voice on. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it was. They were all in the room. There, yeah. you were in a box. And that's you sound, know that sound of an orchestra. You can't. You can't beat it. No yeah, do you know what? I don't know why. It used to make me like funny. It was like a, I'd go for my rehearsals, like when I was doing the tours. Now the band would strike out, mm-hmm. and I'd start laughing. It was like a kind of a euphoric yeah. feeling. Yes. It was weird. I just couldn't, I can't even explain it now. But it I wouldn't want to laugh. It's yeah. so great to hear that band, you know. And the last time, and it just well, just before we go, then when I went to Prague, you know, they started playing the tunes. And yeah. I started crying because it was such an emotional experience, yeah. you know, because that sound. Oh, well, that's right, it hits you, doesn't it? It does. It's like the like the lovely joke about the guy that's in a in a club and he's singing. Land of my fathers. And there's a fellow in the front, and he's crying his eyes out. He said, "You a Welshman?" He says, "No, I'm a musician." <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Well, look, everything's all right with you. Everything good? Yeah, everything's good. Yeah, got rid of my chest infection. Fantastic. Um, Fantastic. I've been gardening today for my sins. Oh, good. Been a nice day. And uh, it's um, Emily Squires, Dorothy's niece's birthday on Saturday, so we're all going out for a meal with her. Lovely, lovely. And um, that's it, really. Give her our, give her our love. Give her our love. I will, I will. All right, man. I love to speak to you, and I see. So it's goodbye. It's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from him. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> so that, Mal. So that.